Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, welcome to Ruin. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for all of you. Hallie, I gotta ask, how you doing? I'm good. You showed me something right before the podcast, but I can't talk about it. That's all I want to talk about. Well, we can talk about it. Allison I just, showed there, there was me. no way for me to introduce it to you on the podcast. No, no, you're right. You're right to do it. You were right to do it. Seeing the videos, and then, like, you couldn't really watch the videos on the pod, but, um, I, it would be. Well, why don't you say what we what you sent me? Well, uh, whenever you're listening to this, I'm sure that the, it has faded out of the news cycle, but the, the videos of Enrique Iglesias, uh, in concert, uh, just on the ground, face down, humping the <laughs> stage for 45 <laughs> seconds in the middle of the stage, not while singing, barely while music is playing, I'll be honest. Like, it's um, upsetting. It was really something. Please take a look, take a gander. Yes. I mean, I'm sure there's not a lot of pop going on in pop culture, so I imagine this will actually become much bigger than it would otherwise. Yeah, it's be like, right. This is going to be on the blogs. It's, it's evergreen, I think. Yeah. Um, and that is, I think, tough. Uh, it was, and I, this is an observation that our um, engineer Kat made. It's seeing a video and re, and th- see uh, Enrique Iglesias, an incredibly yes. handsome man who could sing. He seemed so sexy when he hit the scene and was fame and was like kind of like at the peak of his fame. Like it was just like, oh, this like guy. Like he's all his songs are like so sensual. Like it just felt like, oh, this guy fucks. And, like uh, I love Tonight I'm Fucking You, which is like it's so on the nose and not sexy, and yet somehow he pulls it off. You know what I mean? Yes. And then to see this, and in in Cat's words, and to know in that moment that this guy guy can't fuck yeah. at all. And, and I say that as someone that I think. My, I immediately empathize, and I think, well, there, mu- there would be a v- if I did that, the world, sure, thousands of people watching me, would say, well, this woman can't fuck, and that's where I'm at with it. Where I'm like, oh no, I think it's I- even worse because <laughs> you and I, people can think whatever they want, but we're not making a career on right making people think we can charm, fuck. <laughs> but we're not. Our career is not being hot, and we can fuck. Thank yeah. God. And his. Was. So it's just this even greater disparity between the reality of him just kind of like slowly dry humping the stage. It's so distressing. It's it's really upsetting. Go just search Enrique Iglesias on TikTok and like this is what's going to come up. So. And I do think this ties actually beautifully ties into the movie we are doing this week. Oh, I want to. Allison, I of course want to check in with you, but we are doing a dance movie. It is a dance horror movie. So and 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 I couldn't have enjoyed this movie more. This could be the whole movie. A twenty four option these videos. (laughs) And it just sort of like seeing this dance. We'll talk about what dance is in the movie and like I I really was wowed by this. We can keep coming back to Enrique as we move through the movie and find places where it's because it throws into. 
extreme um, comparison. Uh, that clip of, of, of Enrique, and I please, again, we encourage you to look it up, and yes. the dancing in this movie. But before we get in there, Allison, how are you doing? Is there anything, anything I'm new I'm fine. You? I mean, the Enrique, I discovered the Enrique videos, and that, you know, so I've kind of been dealing with That's that it. for the yeah, last absolutely. kind of you gotta 36 it. hours. You got to process um, it. Also, it is, like, cold now in New York, which I do kind of love, but it's also very dry, Mm-hmm. which has its own, like, ramifications on my health and, like, the inside of my nose is sharp all oh, the time. And horrible. there's just, like... But a, a new thing that I... I guess it didn't really... I didn't recognize it last year because Riz was so new to the apartment. But he and I keep, like, static shocking each other. Oh, that's really funny <laughs> and cute. Really, but, like, we're both always, like, really surprised. And so we'll be like... <laughs> like it's, it's That's really adorable. Cute. Oh, little Riz. But that makes sense. It's so, it's so, it gets so dry in New York. It's either extremely humid or completely dry. Yeah, right. You're either drenched in sweat or like your skin comes off in one piece. Those are the two yeah. weathers. Um, but he'll be like, you know, rolling around on the carpet and like snuggling up on the couch. So there's just like a lot of friction there. And then like I'll pet him and it's like. <laughs> That's so Very sweet. cute. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, we got um, a lot of, we're, we've talked about some dance. We're going to talk about a little bit more. <laughs> and this, of course, our theme for the month is uh, party movies. Parties. So a horror movie where it centers on a party. And we are doing a, a movie. If, you, if you're a horror person, you've seen this movie. I hadn't seen it. Um, again, I think I just have a weird, extremely weird, um, even watching this, I didn't want to watch it because then I would have seen it. And I don't know oh, what yeah. that is. I in my, that. Yeah. Something in my personality. I was like, I don't know if I'm in the right mood to watch. I had to be the exact right mood to watch it. And then of course I yes. had to watch it for the recording and I absolutely fucking love this movie. Oh good. I'm glad. And this of course is Climax by Casper Noe. And I'm going to apologize in advance. Oh boy. This is... Set in France, and oh, people man. have French names, and it's they're speaking for the most. They hear some English, but it's the most part French. And uh, people are already <laughs> taking me to task as they should for my um, pronunciation and attempt at, at anything butchering in of, the, of French accents and and names. In and the, uh, in the movie Raw recently, yes, and recently Raw right just came it. out. And now, uh, yeah. I'm going to continue to hang out to dry and not help. You know, and I appreciate that. And, you know, I also want to say beforehand, before we get into this movie, which, again, I absolutely loved, this has a very large cast. I okay. have talked about this. Um, I I have shared some of my medication <sighs> journal. I am medicated, a uh, journey. I am medicated for ADHD to a certain degree at this point. Boy, I'll tell you what, this was too many people for old Allie to keep track of. And then, let me see, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, wait, fuck. No. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty-four people in this cast. in no way going to be able to (laughs) follow this. Yes. And I want to be clear. Another thing I did that I only realized as I was preparing to record is that I was relying, and you can't trust Amazon Prime. And I actually, I, I've been literally do, watching this. I'm like, I have to just be renting or uh, getting these movies from other places and not be relying on Prime. Because I'm always like, it's available on Prime, I'll rent it. But I do, right. Amazon is an evil company and yes. I don't want to give them money. And also no. they are horrible at like, you know, they have like the cast names yes, and when lists. you pause it and stuff, yeah. And so it took me uh, literally up until right now to be like, wait a minute, a lot of these names are the names of the actual performers and not the character names. I mean, I think for a 24-person cast, 
Do whatever you want to do. I will not remember one of them anyway, so... Absolutely. And I want to be clear, this is a movie that I think, first of all, it is horror. So it is gory. There are horrifying moments. I would say it's probably one that more people could watch because a lot of it is dread and sort of a stylistic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, sort of venturing into like a physical hellish space, Mm -hmm. which I really needed because again, and I want to do like a whole episode where I go on like a, I have a treatise about how I think how flat and synthetic and boring like horror movies are and, and, and like especially in America yeah. right now is uh it's sort of like you see how venture capital trickles down into every genre yes. and now that it's hit horror film yeah hard which is why we have like the Exorcist Believer, where we have Evil right. Dead Rises, which right. could be good movies. And this is not in the filmmakers or the writers, obviously, who I know and trust could do phenomenal work, is that when you are making a movie, everything has, it has that look. It has that like, yeah, I don't know, you're shooting it in West Elm or something. And this yes. movie was so stylistically well done. Ooh, so beautiful. Like, so I, I thought it was just like such a breath of fresh. And then breath also, it is about... Dance. Yes. Uh, now we always like to have Allison. Have you said the name of the movie yet? Uh, cl- it is Climax. Sorry, did I? I thought I did. What, <laughs> I don't know. That's right. Uh, uh, 2018's Climax by Casper Noe. And uh, this is the kind of movie where, like, they uh, basically sent people. It's, they shot in 15 days. A lot of the cast are dancers um, that are out of, like, the Vogue scene in France. Uh, and so they're sort of first-time performers. They're all great in this. Some people less so than others, but the I feel like everyone did an excellent job considering most of them were not professional actors. Yeah, that's great. But it's also kind of where I'm like, I hope this doesn't come out later that like something horrible happened because there is something about like, great, I took a bunch of people who, uh, it's their first time in the uh, industry, industry and also many of them are black and some of them are black and trans. Like it's like a, mm, yeah. a, a first time black and brown novice cast that is being that is shooting a horror movie in a single location. So it's just one of those things where you could just see, like, I hope everything was above yes, board yes, and everyone yes, feels good about yes. everything and got paid and everything. Because it's like we like the movie is about something that happens in that exact situation. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, watching mm-hmm. it is like, okay, but I hope the actual version of this is was not fine. reflective of the plot of the film. Yeah. And based on what I could find, like I haven't read anything saying that it was like, I, you know what I mean? I, I only say this, it's like watching this, it's like, oh, I'm we're watching a version of what could be happening on film sets yeah. traditionally. So, um, but anyways, fucking great movie. And we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. Uh, what do you think of the Climax trailer, Allison? I mean, I can see what you mean of, like, it being actually, like, it looks cool. It feels cool. Like, it's, they thought about it. Yes. In a way that I appreciate. Though also, scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did, there was something about, like, there's, like, one scene. It's not even, like, a gory, scary scene. But there's, like, a scene of, like, they just do, like, a really close, tight shot on, mm-hmm. like, somebody scooping up punch from the punch yes. bowl with, like, chunks of fruit in it. And it's, like... In any other setting, that is, like, absolutely not a scary image in any way. But, like, in this, I was like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't like it. There's a lot of um, really excellent, um, and this is the first uh, Gaspar Noe movie we've done. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's a lot of really excellent use of sound. Like there's at one point we're, we're sort of focusing on something and then we just hear a liquid splatter on the ground off camera and we like don't find no. out exactly what it is. No. And there's a lot of those excellent moments. I, I just thought this was incredibly well done. Again, I don't mean to compare it to like recent horror movies. I just, I, I appreciated everything that this was giving that so many movies right now can't give, unfortunately. Um, and uh, just really, really appreciated it. Allison, how scary do you find the concept of losing control? Kind of the opposite of Enrique Iglesias um, humping us, humping the stage. Uh, he seemed very in control in a terrible way. Too much way. control. Um, exactly. Too much control. Too much control. Ultimate control. Ultimate control. Um, uh, very, very scary. Mm-hmm. Very scary. And not only that, but like, if other people have lost control, being around them is scary. If bo- if all of you are out of control, then it's like, yeah, reality becomes destabilized because like nobody's. Yeah, it's. I don't like it. Yeah, I've been thinking recently a lot about like I think especially white cis womanhood is based so much in control, and mm-hmm. we are taught so young that we have to be in control, and a lot of it is sexual control. Like yep. we're 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 sort of responsible for men's sexuality and our mm-hmm. own. Like, we have to constantly, and it's like, we're, we're in control of the home. It's like, yes. we're in control, and when we're out of it, it's our fault, and we'll, we'll be punished for it. Yes. Which is true, unfortunately, of everyone. Like, it's every group also has this experience. But, like, how fundamental I think it is to, like, our ideas of, well, I guess, like, mm-hmm. the body in general, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I really enjoyed this movie. It's a very queer movie, and so I feel like I was in my queer feelings watching this. Nice. Um... And uh, again, uh, everyone in this, please watch this movie. I would say, I, I if you can, and I think you can, because I feel like a lot of this is more of a taking vibe. you vibe. It's a vibe that's taking vibe. you into experience. Not that there aren't horrifying images. We will get into them. But it is more of a vibe-based movie, um, which I really appreciated. Um, and then, Allison, would you like to guess the twist in Climax? the twist. I'm going to guess that what is proposed as like a dance company that everybody wants to join and there's like some hazing like this is the first night. Um, this is all based on knowing nothing about the movie because the trailer is mostly a vibe. Um, it's they're actually not a dance company. Oh, okay. And they are trying to murder everybody and perhaps frame somebody who is one of the dancers for that murder. Okay, great. I love this. All right, let us begin ruining climax. We see a woman covered in blood, um, like her arms streaked in blood, wearing a leotard and boots, staggering through the snow until she collapses, screaming oh boy. and howling, and she sort of claws her way through the snow, sobbing, leaving these bloody trails behind her. Allison, it's 1996. Ooh. Is the uh, whole movie... Or, or is that we just seeing that now? Uh, we are we we see text on screen. Okay. To our makers who are lo- longer with with us, you have seen a film. You have seen a film based on real events that happened in France in winter, nineteen ninety six. Wow. Um, we also get the credits right away, the, like the technical credits, like the stuff that would be at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. We are getting at the beginning. So, and it's telling us you have just seen this. So we are beginning at the end, and now we're going to cut to 
the beginning of the film and sort of the events. And this is based okay. on, loosely based on a true story. Okay. About a French dance troupe. Apparently, was at an after party, have their, has their punch spiked with LSD. Okay. In real life, things kind of ended there. Like, it ended up being fine. And there's that um, very classic story of, I believe, uh, James Cameron and the cast of Titanic, I believe someone also put LSD in the punch. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, Right. That sounds, or acid, or like some other hallucinogenic. I believe acid is LSD. Am I wrong? Are they? Oh, my God. Allison, they were drugged. Okay, Titanic crew members got drugged with PCP. PCP, yes. I knew it was something. I guess to me, I, I've not, having never done PCP, I've never done acid yeah. either, but I've done shrooms. So I'm like, I would yeah, do yeah, acid, shrooms. but PCP, I feel like. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a different me. category for me. Yeah, and that also happened in 1996. How strange. Wow. What a year. What a year for drugs. What a year for drugged punch. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've moved past that. I really wouldn't like that yeah. now. I feel like. No. You know, no, this is someone who's on a no. psychiatric medication. I really would hope that we're not going into uh, a party like that. But yeah. so then we see the credit, the credits immediately roll, which we love. Again, I think a lot of this is like we're destabilizing ourselves. Like we are, we are entering a space of like the beginning is the end. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the screen, Great. we see in French, of course, with the translation, uh, the text "existence is a fleeting illusion." Oh, Allison, we are about to meet every goddamn dancer, and I really appreciated them doing this, and yet I still fucked it up. Like, they did— It's too many people to keep track of. They did exactly what I would ask, where it's like, everyone has a different outfit, everyone is introduced with their name on the screen, and I still—it was too many people. And they, But they were all great. No. So we meet this woman, Lou. Uh, she basically says, dances everything. Like, you know, she if her, her life would be disrailed if she couldn't dance— um, Ivana, uh, says, if I couldn't dance, I would commit suicide. Um, Ava says, you know, on stage, there is no judgment, just sensation. And we realize that they are giving testimonials to a choreographer and sort of a, okay. a manager or a director rather. So choreographer and a director of a dance troupe. So these are all people who are okay. being selected for this dance troupe that we will then see have this experience. And they're all obviously like committed their lives to dancing. And so it's like, there are a lot of black people, a lot, I would say most of them are, are uh, queer. You know, there's like um, a, a, at least one Middle Eastern guy. There's a lot of like, it is a multicultural uh, cast in a way that it, it was nice to see as well. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. And uh, everyone in it, even though most of them are not, are just professional dancers, are great, which makes sense because you are yes. performing. Yeah. And in this case, a lot of the... Those go hand in the, hand. A lot of the dialogue is improvised. So I think a lot of it is like you are playing a version of yourself and also you as a person is already a performer. So of course they were mm-hmm. going to be... It's not like they pluck someone off the street, you know what I mean, who doesn't know mm-hmm. what performance mm-hmm. is. Um, Rocket... Uh, says, uh, you know, marijuana is a great muscle relaxant. And he's like, you know, it sort of like takes me out of myself and sort of like introducing the idea of like using drugs as an artistic sort of tool. Um, Riley says, who's this uh, very young uh, gay man, he's like, you know, um, when I dance, I could be someone else. And we hear the narrator or the interviewer says, do your parents know what kind of dance you do? And he says, if they knew, they'd be shocked. And the person asking is like, well, what would you do? Would you do anything to succeed? And Riley kind of smiles. And I was like, I guess they're implying, like, would you fuck, like, fuck your way to the top? Yeah. And it's like, that's fine. It's just like, 
okay, again, we introduced the idea of like, well, is that why we're here? You know? Right. Um, David says he's ready for anything and everybody. He doesn't know what to expect, but he will do anything to work with a choreographer like you. We have not met the choreographer. They are off camera. We will meet her in a little bit. Uh, Shirley says her worst fear is being alone. And it's like, that's funny because you're going to have a lot worse fear by the end of this after what happens to yeah, you. Yeah, that's going to be your dream. Yeah. We, she also says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, which is good Good to hear uh, as something is, what is about to almost kill her. Um, Omar says he believes in paradise. And so we understand that he's religious. I believe that he's Muslim because we also find out he doesn't drink. So he's sort of our more, um, not necessarily uptight, so people to call him uptight in the movie, but sort of he's not necessarily doing drugs or partying in the same way. Um, yeah. Psyche says, uh, she talks about how she was lived in Berlin for a long time and she's like, the art scene is too fucked up. She says, My ex-roommate, I don't talk to him anymore, but uh, right before we, I moved out, he started to take acid in his eyes, like actual drops. Ugh. And she's like, you know, just kind of get a lot of control. So I just came to France because I'm like, I don't need to be all involved in this. And it's like, no. yeah, that that stands to reason. Um, Jennifer says when she parties, she has sort of a secret garden she goes to. Aaliyah says, well, you know, I tried Coke once and I wouldn't do it again. I'm being honest with you. And her worst nightmare is darkness. Dom says, uh, but, but we mean uh, Dom Cyborg, Rocco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kira, who is a man. Mm-hmm. And Kira says, you know, I've never worked with gays. I've already forgotten everybody. It's totally fine, yeah. Kira says, I- <laughs> I- I've never worked with gays before, but I'm excited about it. And obviously, like, everyone is gay. In dance? The word, like, I think that's a joke. Like, he himself is probably gay. Oh. Oh, and there's okay. also, Got like, uh, we're playing with, like, um, uh, it's sort of a, I don't know what you would call it, not gender blind, but sex blind. So, you know, there's a trans woman who mm-hmm. plays a, a mother who has a child in the movie. You know, we're sort of, we're, we are all playing characters. We are outside of it. So that's sort of, but they're also like, that's sort of the joke of it. Like there's jokes that work on multiple la- levels, which we'll talk about. And sort of, he's poking fun of like, I, I, I can't even imagine working with gay people. Could you, you know, obviously probably being queer yes. themselves. Um, yes. We also meet Gazelle and Taylor. So they are brother and sister. And okay. Taylor is immediately very possessive of Gazelle. And the choreographer saying, basically like, you guys are, we're going to, this is a three day, um, They've already been cast, so it's not. It's like three day rehearsal just to figure out where we're all at. Like as we form this troupe, we would we would potentially tour in France and also the U.S. And everyone's really excited about that. And but they were checking like, would that be fine? And Gazelle says, "Oh yeah, I've been to the U.S. I've been in New York before." And Taylor says, "With who? Who took you to New York?" So it was immediately on top of her, sort of as his, as her brother. Um, Sila says, "U.S. is the place to go. It's a place for Black culture." Serpent says, uh, oh, the U.S. is amazing. I've never been. And they say, well, where are you from? We said, oh, me? I'm from hell. And we see Emmanuel, who is our... That's a fun way to introduce yourself. Yeah. And Emmanuel, who I understand, Wikipedia called her the director, but I understand her as sort of uh, the manager, but I understand her as the director, right? So when she okay. talks about it, it's she's like, we are going to bring our level of dance from France to the U.S. So it's like, we are dance responsible. Okay, so then we get our first dance scene, which apparently is the only choreographed dance scene, right? And it's a lot of, it's Vogue, it's ballroom, and it's sort of all, like, different uh, groups forming together and emerging. It's very queer, very queer, very black. And I was very, feeling very bad about everything that's going to happen to these people by the end of it. Oh, yeah, because it's, like, so beautiful. Oh, and and so uh, much of this, we, the, the action, if you will, doesn't happen until much later. And you do get this incredible level of dance, 
Um, but what's interesting Great. is this first dance scene. And when I'm seeing it, I'm like, this isn't this isn't actually that good. That's intentional, obviously. And when we finally get okay. to the dancing, and I will say this, it's sort of like drag, like as queer art is brought to the mainstream, I now have a more rarefied feeling about 100%. Vogue and like ballroom because mm-hmm. of things like Pose. And there was that Netflix show that was like um, a dance show that was specifically yes. ballroom. But just sort of like, yes. this is a yeah. beautiful queer art that has been, and black art that has been brought to the forefront. So as I'm watching this as a white cis woman, I'm like, I've seen better dancing. But I have. Right. Like, yeah. so it's sort of, which is great. Yes, absolutely. And same with drag, but it's also like very judgmental to feel like, yes, uh, I've seen it. I've seen better. Step it up. You know, like I, as if I could do any of this. And also, I'm right. seeing this as an American and, and whatever, but it's just watching this. I'm like, could you really be better than America? But obviously, like, as if I know anything about dance in France. You know? I know. I'm like, who could, who could know? Not but it, this initial. Not Enrique. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to bring it back to something. No, so I'm dark. glad that you did. I'm glad that you did. Honestly, as dark as this film, I'll say. Um, yes. But this this first uh, scene, because it feels so choreographed, is less alive than the other. Like when you finally yes. get in the other dance, it's like, oh, this is dance. Like this is what we are. Why dance is important as an art, right? And Psyche, who was the one who was like her roommate, put acid in his eyes. Um, she takes off her dress and goes to dance. And look, I'm saying, look, my face card constantly declines. You know oh. what I mean? My, the, the, the chip on my face card got scratched in an ATM. I, it's constantly getting declined. But this is... It's, Mine's just a discover. She's trying to, it's ser- to serve. It is not a serve. And I was like, this yeah. is not worth getting your face ripped off or whatever's going to happen to these right. people. Whatever is coming, yeah, that's not and it. It makes me think of, um, that. there's a clip from Dance Moms. I can't remember that woman. <laughs> I think went to prison. Oh, Abby yes. something. Like, I was like, oh yeah, Dance Moms. I think she went to prison. Abby Miller. Yeah. Every once in a while, TikTok serves me yes. like con- like something, a clip from that show. And I'm just like, what was, I, I didn't watch it. I'm just like culturally familiar, but it is yes, a real. Yes, you're never watching, but like I've seen like memes of her because she is. Yes. Yes, she did go to prison. Out of her For eight months. She is iconic though. <laughs> I think that's why the that show worked is like, it was just, yes. and there's one clip that this made me think of watching this woman's psyche dance, who is not. It's not bad. It's just like everyone else is better than her. And yeah. uh, I, there's a clip of Emily Miller saying, um, sloppy, lazy, <laughs> and just like yelling at children. But watching this, I was like, boring. Oh, yeah. Boring, yawning, sloppy, lazy. I was like, yawning. Boring, yawning, sloppy, lazy. And then also, I would, I literally wrote, and this I had to go back and change. I said, the problem with this movie is there are so many fucking characters. Fortunately, Prime has their names. I want to, again, apologize to everyone. No, they, it, they didn't. First of all, the names often were of different people. Sometimes the photos were wrong. So that I'm watching this, I'm like, who the fuck is, are we talking about? Yeah, I think that if you have more than 10 characters that are, like, actively, like, ensemble in a movie— we need lower thirds the whole film, like from production. But I think it's like listen, with names. We this is a cinema is a it's a visual language, and I am trying to Don't explain care. it. I'm trying to a wedge a shoe, wedge my foot into a, a wrong size shoe, right? I don't care. Me watching it would also not know who I'm That's looking fair. at. <laughs> And, and I think actually the, the the names actually confused me more. Had I just had to look it up, it would have forced me to interact. But right. I'm like, oh, to no. understand. 
Yeah, but instead you were like, I'm getting served this information and I will yes. put it in my body and not think twice about whether it's And then there's certain actresses, like there's an actress named Giselle who plays a character named Gazelle. Like, it's just, that's, even when I looked it up, I'm like, that's what rude. The fuck? But anyways. Just have her be Giselle. Listen, at the end of the day, please watch this movie. Um, But, okay, so they've all, <laughs> they've done their performance. Now everyone's hanging out. They do that. They've been there for three days and they've, this is okay. a school. They're sort of performing in like a big church space. So they've made a dance floor. There's a little um stage, but it is essentially a church, a school with a church in it. So they're dancing in the church area, right? There, there's no pews or anything. It's just a big open room. And they're smoking cigarettes because it's France. And there's a big table of like trashy party food, which looks great. And then yeah. a big punch bowl. Do you remember punch? Ooh, what I wouldn't give for a sip of punch. I'm familiar with punch. Mm. I I don't think it really came up in my life more than four times. Oh, interesting. I had, a, I feel like a very punch-based childhood. I was never a huge fan of fruit punch. Okay. So- there's also a reality where it was probably around more than I thought of, but because I didn't want it, it didn't like register to me as being present. To me, punch is like. Do you remember? Do you ever see the Glass Menagerie? Oh, okay. Well, the the, the the mom was like one of these classic like Tessie Williams like. I remember when I was a child, you know, like, yes. and that's how I feel about Punch. I was like, I remember, like, it's so nostalgic to me. Like, I remember when yeah. you put Sherman it in is. the Punch. Like, that's, I love Punch. It just doesn't come up yeah. a lot as an adult. No, and I think post-COVID. We can't be. It's just, just not. Just dipping it. And so we get, it turns out it's actually Sangria, which is less exciting to me, but a huge, yeah. it made me, I watch it, so I'm like, I should get a punch bowl. And that's what having ADHD is to me. I'm watching this horror movie, I'm like, I should get a punch bowl. For what? <laughs> what? For the, for the gigantic <laughs> parties? Hey, what are you talking about? I mean, I love the vibe you of it. Him. With like, and it's crystal, and you have yes. all the crystal glass. Like, I just like, I love that. That's where I, but... I want to end up. Someone who has a punch bowl. A, a vinyl trench coat yes. and a punch bowl. Um, that, I mean, these are achievable goals. So it's sangria, and we see people again, like this beautiful dark red, and everyone's constantly holding like uh, cups of dark red liquid, and everything in the movie is very uh, red and black. Blood. And exactly. Mm. And um, there's also a, a child there. His name is Tito. Oh. And okay. I was not expecting him to, to there to be Don't a child. And so I was immediately Why concerned, and I was right to yes, be. Of course. I was right yes. to be. Um, we uh, meet up with Omar. So um, we sort of see, like, the different pairings chatting with, chatting with each other. Omar, who, again, I believe is Muslim because he is, he was mentioned paradise. Uh, mm. This guy, David, comes up and offers him a glass of the sangria. And Omar says, I don't drink. So he, Omar is not drinking. We see one other dancer, Lou, okay. who is a woman, turn down the glass saying she's not really feeling well. So Omar and Lou are, are, are not drinking this punch. Exactly. Or sangria. Uh, but everyone else is getting... Or blood. Uh, well, it's, it is sangria. It, it's it's, it's more than sangria, uh, as it turns yes. out. But uh, yeah, so but, but so those are the two that we know have not drank. Everyone else is getting loose. They've been there for three days. It is there's a snowstorm outside. They're getting picked up tomorrow. So this is sort of like the idea is like, oh, it's the last day of like three days, and also like everyone might fuck each other because it's like, oh, we're all young, I mean, we're all hot, we all have incredible bodies, we all been flirting yes. for seventy two hours. Like, okay, tonight if it's gonna happen for any of us, like tonight's the night. So everyone's kind of like. Ooh, like what's going to happen? Mm. We meet the choreographer, Selva. Uh, so Selva and Emmanuel, 
uh, it is their dance troupe. And they sort of seem to have a little bit of a combative relationship about, and I'm assuming that's about control of the group and sort of like what this project is. Selva's mm-hmm. drinking. And David okay. grabs her by the arm and drags her to the end of the dance floor. But Selva knocks his hand away and says, I told you yesterday, I am not interested. And he's okay. like, no, no, it's not a big deal. No one's looking. No one cares. It's the last night. And he grabs her and kisses her and she jerks her head back and she says, okay, happy? No, sir. And then says, let's just go dance. And they go dance. So obviously he's been sort of hounding her and it's the last night she's not having it. Um, she goes to tell Ivana, oh, you were incredible. You're solo. And you see that like the way she goes talk to Ivana, like there is like chemistry there. Mm-hmm. And then Psyche comes over and interrupts and Selva says, oh, you, you were good too. And it's like, we all saw Psyche. She wasn't great, okay? She, yeah. Maybe she should have left Berlin a little earlier, okay, is what I'm saying about her. It's like being at a show and somebody bombs, yes. but you're all like, great set. Well, it's like <laughs> someone really was great and then someone else comes over, you're like, you were good too. Yeah, right, yes. But Selva says, I couldn't be happier. Like, I, I thought everyone was really incredible. I'm really excited about what this could be. Um, and she tells Gazelle, um, I love your attitude. And when she walks away, uh, Gazelle like rolls her eyes. And I, there are just so many little moments where it's like, we don't know what that's about, but it's exactly like in this kind of environment where it's like, oh, she's driving me insane. You know, like we get this like reaction. Right. And it's just everyone, they did a great job of like everyone's character nuances came through. And so you're enjoying mm-hmm. that up and, you know, then things sort of hit the fan. Um, we see, uh, we meet the DJ whose name is Daddy, and he's talking to Cyborg, and everyone's having a blast. Allison, Daddy and Cyborg always chatting. You you know, you gotta have Daddy and Cyborg. If Daddy Daddy and Cyborg are chatting, you know it's a fucking party. You know it's a party. Emmanuel, who again is the director, turns and sees her son Tito, who's seven years old, drinking out of the punch bowl. Oh, no. That's bad, even if it's just sangria. Exactly. She runs over. She's like, it's alcohol. It's bad for you. You cannot do that. And again, he's like, I don't know. I'm seven. I'm doing the fuck I want, you know? Kids don't know what alcohol is yet. And Lou comes over and scoops up Tito. He's like, oh, don't be so mean. And they start dancing around. It's really sweet. And then Selva comes over, and they're all dancing with Tito. And again, I... I know some bad's going to happen. And just then, sort of this dark note starts to play under the music. And it was just like a lovely transition of like later and later in the night. And again, everyone is also getting drunk. So like when things start to like move on, people aren't immediately aware of it because everyone is drunk and eventually is like doing coke and is fucked up. Yeah. But that this means like now we're actually getting dancing. We had sort of the choreographed dancing and now we are like getting loose, you know? And we see Omar and Gazelle start dancing with another, one another. And one of the other dances is like, oh, Gazelle, you got something with Omar. And we find out that Taylor does not like Omar. So Taylor is Gazelle's brother. And Omar notices it and says, it seems like your brother doesn't like you very much. And Gazelle says, you know my brother. He's just afraid you're going to get me pregnant. Now, that's a joke because, I mean, it's like the character, we don't know if she's cis or trans. I guess they do imply that he knows that she is trans. But the joke obviously being like, Right. The one thing that's not going to happen is you're going to get me pregnant. Um, and But again, it does. It, regardless, it's a joke that works um, either way. And so Ivana is sort of, uh, I guess the idea is like Ivana and Psyche used to go out. And Psyche is uh, okay. already kind of dead-eyed drunk and not really focusing mm-hmm. on her. And so Ivana is sort of pestering Psyche to like give her the attention. I think the idea is like they broke up their exes and they're kind of fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we see David walk over and just grabs Eva's drink out of her hand, slams it. And then David's sort of cycling to all the women to see who wants, who's going to fuck him. Right? So he's kind of like just out here just looking for everybody. And he comes up to Selva again to hit on her. And now she's much drunker. And mm-hmm. Lou, who isn't drinking again, says, I'm worried about Tito being here. And, yeah. Yes. And, and Selva's like, no, it's okay. Emmanuel just took him to bed. You know, it's fine. I understand what you're saying, but, like, he, it's not going to be a big deal. But Lou is, you know, I don't know. She's clearly emotional about it. And, you know, it's obviously bringing stuff up. It's like, I don't know. This doesn't seem appropriate for kids. And David, you know, kind of tries to be like, what do you guys talk about? And Selva says, nothing. Everything is fine. And Selva says to Lou, you know, I think this is honestly a great place to raise a child, like, around dance. I'm really glad that Emmanuel didn't get an abortion. And, like, she was planning to. I think it was great. I mean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Lou says. Weird time to bring that up. And Lou, who, again, like, Lou is not drinking and Lou's very emotional about the one child being there. Lou says, have you yeah. ever had an abortion? So we already kind of guessed, like, okay, so, Lou, you seem like you're pregnant, right? Yes. And Selva says, look, it's just good to have the choice. You know, like, this is what it comes down to. Right. Text on the screen, Allison. Birth is a unique opportunity. We see Emmanuel put little Tito to bed, and she says, she's supposed to be a little bit older. Again, everyone looks 25 to me. So she's like, you know, I used to be a dancer before I aged out. I'm like, how the fuck old are these people supposed to be? Yeah, everyone in the trailer looked, like, mega young. Yeah, and she's like, you know, I used to be a dancer. And that's sort of, like, why, like, she sort of did, maybe did make this dancer and is now directing and, like, still involved with dance, but she is not herself a dancer. And she says, you know, Tito, you know, if you want to, I want you to be a dancer, you know, when you grow up. He's, he's like, he's just like talking to his mom. He's like, okay, great. You know, I'm sure. I'm seven. Yeah. And she says, do you have a good time? I know you don't get to see me so much, but like, I just want to be a good mommy. And they have, and she sort of like closes his eyes. So I'm like, oh no, something bad's going to happen with a kid. Mm. We see that it, we're, we're sort of seeing couples and, and people are, I, I because there's no dialogue or no scripted dialogue, I'm presuming he gave them topics and they sort of like riffed on them. Yeah. So, like curve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we see Kira and, um, Oh my God. I wrote down Strauss. Could that be right? <laughs> Serpent, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. Sure. So Kira and Serpent talk about how they can't see, like, there's a flag in the room. I'm assuming it's the flag of France or it's a religious flag, but they never cut to it. And I went back and looked and I couldn't tell what they were talk- talking about. So again, I was like, this must be a French thing. But they're in a church and they keep referencing like this is a school with a church and how weird it feels. We see Omar talking mm-hmm. to David like the crosses are creepy. Like they- we're just like getting drunk in this church. And David said, calm down. Don't be a prick. God is good. We see Cyborg and Aaliyah. They're also talking about God. And Cyborg's like, I don't like it. Like when did a religion and dance ever come together and as a Catholic I understand like there is a this is also about like the control of the body it's very what's the movie where you can't dance Footloose there is that Footloose sensibility where dance is like a gateway to sex and a gateway to like sensuality and so I think it's sort of like being around that does feel unnatural yeah those two things don't like at least in western Christian and like like those two things don't line up Um, and Aaliyah says, well, anyways, my dad's in a coma. He's been in a coma for six months. You know, like, I got other stuff going on, man. I don't really care about that. Selva is clearly really fucked up at this point. And daddy's trying to talk to her about the time that he was doing drugs with his ex-boyfriend and thought it was safe. He says, but you never really know where the drugs come from. Uh, We see David and Omar. Uh, David's sort of bragging about fucking one of the women there. And Omar's like, okay, dude, sure. 
And David says, I want to fuck those two blondes. And we look, and it's Ivana and Psyche, who are now having a full argument on the stairs. And they were clearly a couple. And Ivana's like, stop acting like I don't exist. And she says to Psyche, you're so fucking fake. That's very much what I imagine the fights are at a dance party. Oh, 100%. Yeah, everyone's 25. Everyone's fucking drunk. Everyone's queer, so everyone's fucking everybody. Everybody's fucking each other. And they're, yeah, it's... Chaos. And Vada says, you're so fucking fake. And Psyche doesn't even turn around. She goes, I'm not fake. You're boring. And so they're just like in it. And of course, David, we know that David's a piece of shit. And so you can kind of guess what's maybe going to happen to him in this movie. He goes, you know, Dyke stuff never works. They need the cock. And it's like, well, David, Ugh. I hope there's some. Well, I hope you die soon. I was like, David, I hope there's some dykes in heaven who need the cock because you're about to meet them there. Um, and also as a dyke, you know, cock as a transferable object, you know, you you, you can work something out. You know what I mean? The yeah. idea of the cock is like, not from yeah, this certainly guy. certainly not yours, yeah, Jesus though, Christ. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Daddy and Selva are talking about like, oh, would you want to have kids? And she says, absolutely not. I fucking, I keep it moving. I would never do that. Daddy says that he would like to get married. And Selva jokes, well, how many times? Because I'm saying four. Either zero or four. You got to keep it going, you sure. know? We see Jennifer. Everyone kind of thinks of Jennifer as a cokehead. So Jennifer's doing coke on the stairs. Cyborg is disgusted with her. It's like, your name is Cyborg. You're in a dance troupe. People are going to be doing coke. Yeah, that's like the scene. <laughs> um, we see Ava and Dom are talking to each other. And they're like, can you believe that he's with her? He must totally manipulate her. Which I took to mean that David and Emmanuel, the director, are together. Because I didn't know what other woman they'd be talking about. But David's obviously okay. a garbage person and is in clearly a relationship with a woman that they think he's manipulating her. So everyone mm-hmm. thinks mm-hmm. that David stinks, right? Yeah. And uh, David tells Omar, meanwhile, it's like, you don't drink. What do you even do? Me? I fuck. I fuck everybody here. And we got to Serpent and this girl, uh, girl Shirley. And then one of the other girls saying, David is a walking STD. I bet he has herpes. Ooh. Yeah. Don't fuck. He has a dirty dick. Don't talk to him. But Serpent says, well, you know, one time we were rooming together and he had sex with this girl in the room. And it does seem like he can fuck. And so what it, Shirley goes, huh? Like, it just sort of like, don't fuck that guy unless I should well, fuck that I mean, guy. And that's where we're headed that time of the night where it's like, I shouldn't fuck mm-hmm. that guy unless I drink yet, a little more. He is. That's the thing. It's like, well, we're already here. So I don't have to go anywhere right. to fuck some right. guy. Right. It's right in front of exactly. And then David starts to grill Omar about Gazelle. And this is where I realize, oh, he, like, everyone, like, she is trans. That's not like a, you know, we're not necessarily, the joke was not in of itself about her as a cis character. Because David Mm -hmm. says to Omar, ooh, I want to know about your relationship with Gazelle. Like, what's she like in bed? Tell me about her, but not the details. No details if she's ass or pussy. And I'm like, excuse me, this is still a work event. Yeah. Like, and David. Also, like, isn't she, like, in the room somewhere? <laughs> like, yes. And I guess it is, like, David like is— Like, you're all in the same place. Exactly. Like, David is so inappropriate and so, like, such a fucking dog. He doesn't care. And again, right. um, he's also drunk. Omar, yes. to his credit, doesn't reply. It doesn't sort of feed into this. I mean— Great. That's kind of the only response. Yeah, David's like, I don't, I don't need to know, you know, what she's got going on. I just want to know, like, how nuts she gets. And it's like, all right, dude. Go away. Meanwhile, Gazelle is having an argument with her brother Taylor, who is, again, very controlling. And in this case, is, is like, very controlling of her relationship with Omar. And she's like, look, I'm an adult. I'm 20. And I'm like, oh, God, you're 20. 
It's like, this is my life. You're not an adult. Yeah. And it's like, this is my own life. You have your own life. I'm allowed to date whoever I want. Clearly, Omar and I met through dancing. Also, Omar seems like, compared to David, the nicest guy there. You know, like, oh, at least he's not this piece of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. That being said, I was like, okay, well, I understand Taylor, who's supposed to be like 25, understandably, at this point, being like, well, my sister is a 20-year-old black trans woman. I, being sort of really overly critical of a man she's dating, seems like it would go hand in hand of like, I just yes. want to make sure, like, what's what's different about this guy? But then there's like this jealous possessiveness part of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just concern. It's like, why are you fucking this guy? In a way that even she at 20 is like, you have to get, like, grow up. And there is this theme, theme which I feel is very French, of, like, men's possessiveness or men's assumption of control around women's sexuality that sort of comes yes. up, which we've already seen with David and now, like, Taylor being so possessive of his sister who's like, what are we talking about? Like, mm-hmm. you know. And at the same time, we then see David tell Omar, I really want to fuck Gazelle, so, like, let's have a threesome with her, you know? Like, I, I we got to tell her, like, it's group sex is cool. And Omar says, you're just up to some filthy shit, man. Yeah. Uh, we see Taylor again sort of haranguing Gazelle about Omar. And it's like, I don't like him. He seems really uptight, which I think is a very funny thing to be worried about. But I was like, I guess if he's like yeah. some strict Muslim guy and then like, I don't know, like, I understand like, oh, you're trans. And like, is he going to be judgmental? Yeah. I get that. Right. But he's, but. Uh, or controlling yeah. or, you know, whatever the assumptions exactly. are about someone with that limited amount of right. knowledge. Right, it's sort of like running up against these unfair. ideas of like, yeah. oh, what's he, what is he like? Like, what? why is this happening? And she's like, you're out here getting your dick sucked. I don't understand why you're on my case about right. my sex life. And he's like, that does not mean that you could suck dick. And she says, well, it's pretty normal if you've been d- dating for nine months. They've been together for nine months. Why are we having this conversation? Nine months? Nine months? What are we talking about? Like, it, we should be past this. Like, you're dating. It's fine. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, not that you would necessarily know after nine months if someone was, like, a bad person or was going to treat you badly, but you'd know better than if you did you after a week. a little. Yeah, like, you didn't, if you right. didn't just meet him, there's at least some substance to, like, okay, I know him, you know? Um, also, you're t- nine months at 20, you might as well be married, you know? Yeah. Um. So. It's your whole life. Yeah. We see uh, Cyborg talking with one of the other characters whose name is Bart and his name on Amazon Prime is Bats, which I'm like, that's not even the name of the character. <laughs> also, the photo for Gazelle, who is played by Giselle Palmer, who is great in this, is a wh- random white woman. <laughs> like, see, it's not even the right person. It's not even in the ballpark of, like, for the right person. Who it is. Well, I was right. like, who? And that's why I'm like, oh, it must be AI. They must have, like, AI using this. Like, it didn't Obviously, feel like a human AI touched this. Doing it. And that's why I have to stop using Prime. Because I'm watching this. I'm like, a human being needs to do this. It's like writing an index for yeah. a book. You can't, if it doesn't right. work, you can't use it. Then, right. Then it's like a useless yeah. thing. Um, so they're arguing. We then see, um, uh, we see Bart and Cyborg. They're talking about the flag in this church area. And Cyborg's like, I bet this place was like, a, there was like a sect here, like some sort of religious cult was here. Like there's got some bad sure. energy here. And Cyborg goes, honestly, and this group is really weird. And and Bart goes, yeah, but I'd fuck anybody here. They're both like, yeah, we, I, me too. And then they're just talking about like, <laughs> I mean, I'd fuck her, I'd fuck her, I'd maybe fuck him. You know, like we're just, yeah. you know, getting into it. And we're talking about, we see Ava and Dom and they're talking about like, sort of as they're both women, like, moving past the idea of being controlled by their fathers and brothers. Mm-hmm. And Ava said, yeah, like, you don't even need men. Like, what about girls? And Dom says, well, what about me? 
And Ava goes, we already talked about that. And Dom goes, then why bring it up? And so it's just sort of like, oh, so they already were dating. Like, we're in, in, in sort of the middle of all of these, like, forming and reforming relationships. And it was yes. really, I don't know, like, it just was felt like, before we even get to the part where, like, something bad's going to happen, I was already like, I do want to know what happens with Omar. I do want to yes. know, did they used to date? I'm invested. Yes. It, and just, like, again, and then I feel like I've seen so many movies, I'm like, no one gave a fuck about any of the characters. Nobody, like, right. I immediately care about, like, what's going to happen, like, who's dating who, who's fucking who, like, what happened? What What about Tito? You know, like, I, I, I care right. about these characters immediately in a way that I was really excited to see in this movie. Um, uh, we also, we see the guys talking about Ivana and Psyche fucking with strap-ons and they're like, oh, I'd fuck Psyche. I guess because she's tall and blonde, even though she's an absolute dud on the dance floor, if you ask me. Yeah. And, and these Bart's like, I would stick my cock at her so far, it would come out her throat. Meanwhile, we see, uh, Kira talking to Lou and he's really distraught. And he basically says that the love of his life is pregnant with another man's child. And Lou, mm-hmm. who we already think is pregnant, is like, is pre- oh right. boy! Well, that would be bad if someone were to yeah. be pregnant. How are you getting out of that? Pickle? Yeah, it's like so. What do you got? What was she thinking about? That? Are you gonna give it? You know, like having these conversations about pregnancy. Right. What's she gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> um. We see Bart and uh. We see the guys talk to, especially the the guys in general, being like, "Oh, I'd fuck Selva. She's so hot." You know. Um. And one of them goes, "Yeah, just show her your dick." And it's like, well, that's not gonna work. No. But again, they're just like being like piggish in this like very young man's way. And he's like, yeah, I'd put it in her ass, no lube. And it's like, well, why no lube, bud? Why? Why? That ruins it for everyone. Um, we see Riley, who again is like real. he looks like he's 18, is talking to daddy, who's like clearly an older uh, black, uh, black gay man. And it's sort of like Riley's like complaining about his love life. Daddy's like, you are young, rich, mm-hmm. and you're going to get plenty of cock. You don't, you take your time. Like you're going to, you don't just, you don't have to fuck someone tonight. You could fuck someone tomorrow night. Like don't feel like you have to rush into that. And Riley's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck David. It's like, okay. Okay. It's like, oh, right. He like, David's fucking all the girls. So like Riley, it's like, oh, I want to fuck him because like, I want to feel desired. Like, yes, you know, it's like, oh, I want to be in the mix, you know, even though everyone's fucked David and he sucks, you know? Yeah. And daddy says, you know, this is why you're a virgin. Like this approach. And then you come back to the guys and they're like, Riley's a virgin, but I'd fuck him. Like, it's like, you know what? I'd fuck Riley. Yeah. And then they argue about the butthole. And one of them's like, I am not a butthole guy, which I thought was a very funny way to put it. Yes. And Cyborg's like, listen, it's an occupational hazard. You know, you're down near the butthole. You just got to, let's be mature about this, okay? And they're like, sure. oh, wow, this is a really interesting conversation we're having about the butthole, you know? Uh, we see Emmanuel after coming, uh, putting Tito to bed. She's talking to daddy and she's like, you know what? My greatest mistake was my greatest success. And she says, I basically got pregnant with Tito. I just got fucked in a corner. And I, the implication is that she doesn't necessarily know who got her pregnant. But okay. she's like, but this is like the success of my life. You know, like, and it's like, I thought I was going to be a dancer. That didn't work out because I got pregnant. Right. And now, like, I have this relationship with my son that's really beautiful. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. things aren't going to go well for them, and you know it. But I don't know. It's just sort of like, oh, great. That's an interesting perspective as well. Finally, everyone is drunk enough that we get some okay. real fucking dancing, Allison. And this is honestly Good. worth watching for the dancing alone. These are incredible mm-hmm. dancers. I believe it. And it's shot, this, this dance sequence was like our second big dance sequence. 
and this is all improvised. And it is like they're all in a circle. It's like it's Vogue. It's ballroom. It's like break dancing. It's people on the f- ground. Like it's like a horizontal dancing in a way that sure. like the way it's shot is so beautifully done. Like you just get mm-hmm. so much out of it the way it's done. And like shot with like a reverence and an interest in dance. I wrote dance is so important and it's true. Dance is important. Uh, and that's just like watching it for the dance. I just, I, maybe I just hadn't seen dance in a while. Um, I also, there's not a ton of times I encounter it at this point. Yeah. And so it's just really nice to see in addition to this being like an interesting horror movie. And we see like, and then it's like, everyone's like writhing on the ground. Like Psyche takes off her dress and it's like dance as control of the body. And then innately sexual control. And like, we are all Mm -hmm. cut off from ourselves sexually. So it's sort of like, we're moving into this more sexual part of the evening. And also this is another reason that dance is important. I don't know. Again, I keep thinking of Footloose where it's like, yeah, this is, it's not that it is sex, but it is sexual in a way that like, that is also why the art is important. I don't know. I I feel like it's like, we, every part of humanity has to be touched by art. And this was almost like, dance is so important. Like, anywho. Mm -hmm. So that like you could feel them like at their actual dancers, they're actually excellent dancing. And the beginning, it's like that was sort of like an impression of dancing. Like they either going through the motions, okay. Whereas this yes. you can feel that they're really giving themselves. Like and they're all really great. And and then again, as they get drunk, like David tries to grab Selvie and drag her in the middle of the circle, but she shoves him away. And he grabs Jennifer and like flips her around till she's upside down. Two guys are running in the middle, and then everyone has another glass of the punch, Allison. Oh and you're seeing everyone dancing. Like some people like are like on the ground dancing, and everyone's holding this like dark red glass and liquid spilling everywhere. Again, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everything's like red and black. Um, everyone looks incredible, and so everyone starts to like get down on the ground as they are getting drunker and more fucked up. Yes. Um, we see gazelles trying to get Omar's attention, like kiss him, but he's really out of it. So he's just dancing and spinning so hard that he kind of ignores her. And she, you see her sort of take offense. And daddy gets on the bike and goes, this is for France. Let's slaughter those Yankees. Woo! Allison. Okay. Now it's time for the actual credits. And I love the credits because it's everyone's actual name in these, like, big, beautiful, splashy, like, everyone's name is a different, like, font and color. Like, it's a little piece of art. I was like, that is, it's so gorgeous. Again, like, something that a a real artist would think of. Because, like, at this point in time, you've seen them both act, dance, and then actually dance. So by the time I saw their names, I was like, yes! (laughs) Like, it's so good. And what an interesting novel way to, like, now you know these characters and you've seen these dancers. Now you'll see their names. I just thought that was so thoughtful. And then you also see, like, Daft Punk, like, everyone on the um, soundtrack. So it's sort of like seeing everyone else after having run the technical credits at the beginning. Allison, we are midway through the film. We have I have yet to ask you a question because, as you've noticed— Nothing horrifying has happened yet because it's just, it, it's, it's an experimental dance horror film. It's not a traditional yes, right. um, plot, yes, you know. Right. But again, uh, someone gets another glass of sangria and it's like the thick bottom of the bowl where like the, it's all the fruit in it, where it would have yeah. soaked up like all of the uh, alcohol. And uh, as we find out soon, what else is in there? We, again, we see Lou turn down the glass and again, only she and Omar have refrained from drinking. And we see, yeah, again, like, Psyche sort of changes yeah. into a shirt. Everyone's out of their minds. But again, they aren't necessarily thinking, oh, something's in the punch. They're like, we are really right. drunk. We are we're drunk. dancing. Yeah. It, we're all fucked up. Absolutely you would be, you know? Yeah. 
um, uh, uh, Alia, or I don't know if it's Aaliyah or Alia. I'm going to say Alia. Alia asked Selvi for Coke, but Selvi says, I'm out. Asked Jennifer. Again, everyone knows Jennifer's a huge Cokehead. And so we've reached the night where everyone's like sort of pairing off and like grinding on one another. Like anyone could yeah. fuck anyone at this point. You know, like it's sort of like, okay, what's what's going to happen for the night? And we see David hitting on Gazelle, who has sort of been rebuffed by Omar, but I think just because Omar's fucked up. But, you know, it's sort of like talking mm-hmm. to David, like obviously flattered. But then Riley comes over and Gazelle says, I'm out of here again if this is turning into a threesome. And David pushes Riley away. Now Riley feels uh, dejected. And then everyone's sort of like on the dance floor, like shit's getting popping. And then Ivana tells Psyche, I'm really out of it. And we sort of see people start to realize like, oh, okay, this is more than just This isn't just, yeah. yeah. Allison, Psyche walks out onto the dance floor and just starts pissing on the floor. Not great. And finally, I ask you, Allison, what would you do? What would you do? I mean, this is when I'm like, I'm going to put myself to bed. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes, like, things get out of hand. You're like, I'm going to remove myself from the situation, depending on my level of, like, yeah. fucked up. And be like, if this is what, I don't want to be a part of what gets worse than this. Yeah. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. And I think, like, if you're psyche, I guess we're at this point, we think, like, oh, she's so fucked up. It's just, you know, she's just pissing. And then for everyone else, I feel like they are also fucked up. But the one person who sort of springs into action, even though she is deeply fucked up, is Selva. So Selva sees Mm -hmm. this as like, what the fuck's going on? She runs over to daddy to be like, hey, do you know what? I feel weird. Are you okay? And But he's just assuming like, oh, you're drunk. You're coked out. Like, we're just dancing. And he is right. Because it's like, we're all fine. Like, we're still safe. Like, everyone's just too fucked up. You know, like, don't worry about it. And so she runs, Selva runs up to Emmanuel and says, what did you do? And Emmanuel says, what do you mean, what did I do? Yeah. Lou, being one of the two sober people, comes over and says, what's going on? Like, let's figure this out. And Selva goes to get a towel for Psyche because she's pissed all over herself. And David tries to be like, what's going on? You know, is everyone okay? And Selva, for reasons that are unclear, but seems st- to stem from their creating this troop together, Selva goes up to Emmanuel and says, you spiked the punch. And Emmanuel says, no, the fuck I didn't. And if the punch just spiked, which as soon as you said it, I agree with you, I drank it too. So now Emmanuel starts freaking out because she has her kid here. Right. And Emmanuel run- right. runs over to daddy and says, oh, fuck, the punch has been spiked. And daddy's like, oh, that's why I feel like shit. So everyone immediately realizes okay. they've been drunk. Clocks it. Yeah. That's good that that's like that everybody's still like aware enough to be like this isn't just drunk something else is happening yeah. like we've consumed it but like we're aware yeah. of it. Unfortunately everyone is extremely mad about this which you would be. Well, 
You would be. Um, and so they're all kind of starting to try to figure out who would have fucking done this. Everyone's pissed. Gazelle, again, Gazelle's like, oh, Emmanuel did it. I'm on board with Selva. But Emmanuel says, again, I drink it. My child is here. I wouldn't have done that. This is my dance troupe. I'm not going to fuck this all up. Uh, and Taylor immediately, because he already hates Omar for dating his sister, Taylor immediately points to Omar and says, he didn't drink it. I know it was him. Because he hates Omar and he's like possessive of his sister. Right. And so all of the guys, grab, who again are fucked up, grab Omar while Gazelle is screaming and sobbing and throw him out in the snow. Obviously, everyone, it's sort of like things have gone from bad to worse, right? Yes. Um, basically, we're like, things are bad and we've escalated to, we are all out of it. So we are throwing yeah. people out into the snow, you know, while they themselves are also so drunk mm-hmm. that we have set up a dangerous precedent of what's going to be happening, such as mm-hmm. people are being put outside of the building. Right. But everyone is so fucked up that like no one is like coherently thinking about that. They're just mad at Omar. So they threw him out of the building. Um, Alaya finally says, wait, so we're all, is this LSD? Is this acid? How do you come down from that? Like, how do we, what do we do? Right. What do we do? Is this a time thing? Is it going to get worse? Like, where are we in this process? Yeah. But some, I think Selva says, well, honestly, the only time I've done it, uh, the only way I've been able to come down is Coke. So Lai goes, oh, I'll guess the Coke head. And goes to Jennifer. But Jennifer says, I'm out of Coke. Can't help you. Uh, David comes over and says, Emmanuel, your son. And Emmanuel turns around and fucking Tito is back awake and is drinking more of the punch. I mean, get move the punch out of his reach at least. I concur. Also, yeah, what's the likelihood that kid was going to stay in bed? Unfortunately, Allison, she would she Emmanuel then just makes what I think is the biggest mistake of the movie, which is uh, she takes Tito and tries to find a, a room with a lock, and the only room with a lock, well, it's the electrical closet, and she puts him inside, screaming and Great. crying. Because she's also on acid. Of course. And she says, stay yeah. there. And there's an electrical box. And she says, don't touch it. And locks don't him in. It. No. Selva tries, with a physical key. And Selva tries to interview and say, what are you doing? Like, just put him back in his bed. But Emmanuel, again, is like panicking. She's freaking out. And I think we're supposed to think like, she's trying to protect her son from you people. Like the corroding mm-hmm. effect of drugs and like dance and sex. Like I'm I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a child and putting him away because I don't want you people. But meanwhile, like he would be fine if you just put him in his room, you know? Yeah. But I think maybe because of the Omar thing, I, I understand her being concerned about people being thrown out of the building uh, in the snow. Yeah. Um, we see uh, Selva wandering. So basically a lot of the movie takes place in the dance floor and then this long corridor mm-hmm. to the yes. dorm type area. So obviously this must have been like a boarding school because there's a lot of like dorms Something. for students to live in. And we she walks past Ivana and Psyche fighting in the hallway. And anytime anyone's in the hallway, we could hear Tito screaming from the closet, uh, screaming for his mother. And we see Ivana following Selva Obviously interested in Selva, trying to talk to her. But Selva walks down to Lou's room where Lou is vomiting. Ivana tries to talk to Selva and Selva pushes her away. 
And Selva says, oh, did you did you drink it too? Is that why you're sick? And Lou says, no, I'm pregnant. She actually says, I have something growing in my tummy. And Selva says, like what? <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. That's really funny. And very funny <laughs> delivery. But it's also like she's just so stoned. She's like, oh my God, what? What? And Lou says, what is I'm it? pregnant. And Selva says, well, what are you going to do? Also, do you know who the dad is? And Lou says, I don't know. And I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. Tough. That's a tough one. Well, that second I don't know kind of informs that first I don't know a little well, bit in my I book. Mean, I mean, we have a similar <laughs> book. I think we checked the same book out of the, uh, the library. Check that same book from the library. I see your notes on the margin if I ever yes. have to take that book out. Um, Dom comes to the door and asks what's going on and says, she, now she's like, wait a minute. We thought it was Omar, but you didn't drink either, Lou. You did it. So then she immediately turns on Lou. It's like this woman has enough going on. I know. She's not trying to, like, add things to her plate, like, drugging an entire dance troupe. Right, the only thing worse and lying about is it. what we've seen from here is the only thing worse than getting drugged is being the two people who were not drugged. Because then everyone yeah. starts freaking out on you. And Tom says, right. well, why are, why are you throwing up if you and drink? you're left, like, yes. with a little bit, like, holding the bag of responsibility yes. to be like, okay, well, you guys are all too fucked up and going to get worse. Like, I'm going to need to, like, right. step in here and, like, run the show. And you all think I did it. And also, I have terrible morning sickness and vomiting. Yeah, right. And and so Dom says, we threw Elmar in the snow for no reason when you did it. So says, no, no, she... We, we just seen Lou say, don't tell anyone I'm pregnant. Selma says, she's pregnant, leave her alone. And Dom says, I don't believe it, and punches Lou in the stomach. And when Lou falls to the ground... Oh Dom God. kicks her in the abdomen. <gasps> oh my God! I know things take things go from bad to fucking a lot worse in this movie, real quick. So Lou is screaming and crying and begging them to call an ambulance. And I think we don't see it, but I think someone must have called the uh, authorities at some point because later, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. But uh, unfortunately, it's uh, they're not going to show up anytime soon. And we realize that Lou is the character we saw in the snow at the beginning, screaming, mm. covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously panicking. Uh, you know, Selva's trying to help her. And we start to, like, follow other characters. Ivana runs in, and then we follow Ivana back down the hall. But again, she's so fucked up, by the time she gets to the kitchen area, she's already, like, forgotten why she was walking. And right. we see Aaliyah find Jennifer doing coke. It's like, you bitch, you lied. You said you didn't have coke. She's do Jennifer's doing coke near a lit, like a butane lighter, like a camping lighter. Jesus. Elias shoves her. No. Oh. Jennifer's hair catches on fire. <gasps> no. And goes up in flames. And Elias is laughing and laughing. Mm. And we see we see Lou like stagger past them, you know, clutching her abdomen. We see Ava attack Lou, shoving her, being like, you fucking drugged us. I know it. I know you're not pregnant. And we see Lou is going back to the dance floor to find Dom and is screaming, I'm going to kill you. Meanwhile, Allison, we hear Tito screaming this entire time. So every time they walk down this part of the hallway, we hear child oh screaming. And what I think, having read a little bit about the movie, it's like uh, Gaspar Noe was like, I wanted, I wanted you to feel like you're in a nightmare. Like, we were evoking a visceral well, in the moment. Yeah, exactly. So, again, it's less about, like, oh, we're solving a mystery. And it's like, you are in hell, and you're feeling these people, like, the, everyone's sort of uh, yeah. pulling apart, sort of, and, and their, their breakdown. Um, unfortunately, Allison, uh, Lou does find Dom in the 
room where everyone is. And we said, like, everyone's sort of, like, dancing, which I'm, like, already excited. I'm like, all right, we're going to see some real fucking dancing here in yeah. a minute. And uh, David's grinding on Gazelle, you know, now that Omar's outside, like, trying to, like, you know, uh, Taylor runs over and separates them. And to be fair, that one, I'm like, okay, like, Gazelle is 20 and, like, everyone is fucked up and David is creepy. So I understand, like, getting the middle of that. But uh, Lou and Dom really get into it, and Dom turns everyone on her and says, like, this dumb bitch, we threw out Omar. You know, I don't believe you're pregnant. If you're pregnant, who's the father? I bet it's David, that fucking slut. Everyone's just, like, in her face. It's very Carrie, like, plug it up. Yeah, 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 Like, now everyone's around her. Like, you got. we know you fucking did it. Fuck you. Dom pushes Lou against the table, and Lou grabs a knife. Not great. And everyone's sort of like screaming at her, and they scream at her, kill yourself. And she takes the knife and she just starts slashing her arms and then drags the knife across her face. Finally, Ava runs over to stop her and grab her hand and say, This isn't your fault, stop. And she does. Meanwhile, we see David keeps trying to fuck Selva. Like, grabs Selva by the arm. Selva is completely out of it. Selva kicks him away. And there's this very uh, viscerally upsetting and effective sequence where she's following Selva from behind, and she's walking from the sort of dance floor into the hallway. And David's just Mm -hmm. frustrated because he can't fuck her, so he's, like, punching the walls, punching the doors right behind her. But it's, like, not talking to her and she's not reacting to it. That I was, like, that... It's sort of, like, getting at, like, the other stuff earlier about, like, the control of women's sexuality. Like, he's not going to punch her, but he's punching the wall near her head. Yes. And she is sort of, like, just ignoring it because that it's so all-pervasive, you know? So they walk out of the hall where, again, we hear Tito screaming. But at least every time we Tito screamed, I'm like, well, at least he's alive, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, And... Finally, David grabs Selva and she turns and she screams, she shrieks into his face and he lets mm-hmm. go of her. And we see them walking down the main hall. And again, like, it's like they're moving from red light into green. It's this like upsetting nightmare situation. And it reminded me of this one time I was at a party as in Brooklyn and they had these little weed cookies and I had mm-hmm. one of those. And then I ate what I thought was an actual brownie. And I probably t- said this on the oh, podcast no. before. I, no. of course, as soon as I ate this entire brownie, which was delicious, it didn't taste like weed at all or else I would have noticed Well, it. that's what's so dangerous about very good oh edibles. Oh, my God. I look, and someone has very carefully put a note saying, just, you know, these are weed brownies. Allison, I sat down on the couch, and I entered a realm, and I ha- looked around, and I was like, oh, no. I also had already been drinking. I looked, well, yeah, I looked around, and I said, oh, no, it is all a video game. And we're all just in it. And then I said, oh, no, wait, it's not even a video game. It's a movie. Oh, no. We're in a movie and there's something I could do because I can't move. And luckily, uh, my friend Julie Rosing, who I just saw on Friday, came over and was like, hey, how you doing? And I said, not good. Not good. And this guy who I was uh, seeing took me home. And while we were uh, in the cab, I looked outside. I'm like, I knew it. It was Cleveland the whole time. And that's why I just I just like, unfortunately, this is like... That's what this is. Yeah. yeah. We're like suddenly... Full dissociation. Like every new room you walk into, you're like, oh God, it's Cleveland. Like you're just so oh out of it. 
Um, and so Selva walks to the kitchenette area and then freaks out. And we get, again, the dance into just the physical writhing. Like, it's a dance into ho- body horror. She's screaming and writhing, like, throwing herself, uh, throw herself against the wall. She, like, it's like... F- like humping the wall, and I wrote, "Is this what acid is?" I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done it. And we could also hear um, Lou screaming. Lou is still screaming. I mean, she's cut herself. Yeah. And we see this great sequence where Selva puts her hands in her tights, and like to like give like so her tights are so tight, so she like pulls it off of her stomach. It's like, well, been uh, there, girl. Yeah, I mean. At, anytime I've worn tights. Yeah, and I, I did know, this is probably emotionally where I'm at three days of the month, where it's like that real, I'm going to burn down a church feeling. Mm-hmm. And then she looks down and her arms are caught in her tights. Like she suddenly feels like, oh no, my arms are now a part of my tights. And you see her like, oh no, I can't remove my hands, even though obviously she can. So she runs yeah. down the hallway like terrified and oh screaming because her hands are caught. And she like tears off her sweater. It also made me think of that story about like that town that danced until people died. Do you remember that? I'm going to no. go a little dancing madness. I don't know why I thought you would know that, this obscure, you know, no. phenomenon. Yeah, so it's called Dancing Media Mania. Also does Dancing Plague, Choreomania, which I fucking love, St. John's Dance, Choreomania, um, Tarantism, and St. Vetus's Dance. It's a social phenomenon that occurred primarily in mainland Europe between the 17th and 14th and 17th century. Oh, I thought it was like a current thing. When you asked me about it. I'm sorry. Um, no, it is a historical phenomenon in which people dance erratically, sometimes thousands of uh, people at a time. And they would, uh, adults and children would dance until they collapse from exhaustion and injury. And this has actually happened mm. numerous times. I personally think that this is a reaction to extremely restrictive religious uh, environments, I, yes, if I had to guess. Absolutely. And so, you're, so like, you're watching this dance mania of, like, people sort of, like, leaving normal life or normal society through dance and, like, through their body. Um, mm-hmm. We see Emmanuel sobbing at the door of the electrical closet. Allison, she has lost the key to the electrical closet. Oh, my God. But fortunately, we can still hear Tito inside. And Selva screams at her, then go find it, and shoves Emmanuel away. And she's trying to talk to Tito through the door, and she's sobbing. And from the closet, Tito says, there's something moving in here. No. And Selva says, don't worry, we're just having a party out here. We're just having a party. But he's screaming, maman, maman, over and over and over again. And Selva walks to the dance floor, and we see just like all the like incredible shots of people just randomly dancing during this chaos. So uh, Kira, uh, the character, is just standing behind her, like popping and locking under this green light, and like okay. just like this, like these little tiny solos in the middle of all of this chaos. Um, his name is Alu Sidibe. Please look up the cast and please follow them on every social media. They are really excellent. I'm assuming they're, mm-hmm. I hope they're still dancing. I don't know uh, anyone's career, but it was only 2018. So I imagine people are out here. So incredible. Um, we see again, David is hounding Selva, grabs Selva again. And finally, all the other guys jump David and start beating the hell out of him. Okay. Um, we see Gazelle is trying to put her lipstick on one of the other guys and like flirt with him. And he kind of pushes her away. And Gazelle sees that, uh, Taylor sees that his sister's shirt is unbuttoned and her lipstick's all over. And he grabs her lipstick lipstick and goes to David and draws a swastika on his forehead and screams, you white piece of shit. And then he, he's just sort of like, grab, he grabs Selva and pushes her on the dance floor. Like sure. everyone's starting to spiral. 
Selva goes over to Daddy, who's let down his hair and has like this long, curly, blonde um, mermaid hair. He's like this big, tall um, black man with like this like beautiful blonde, like Love. Disney princess hair. It's so good. But he, That's and great. he's also, he's like kind of pushes away and she's begging him, like, please, please. And we see Daddy drop to the ground and he starts like dancing and writhing. And we look over and Gazella's pour yourself more punch. And it's just like a very funny visual punchline at this point to be like, well, I might as well have a little more sangria. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna be out here. We see Gazelle and Daddy are starting to dance. And we see some of the guys smear what I believe is dip all over their bodies. So they're like using Ew. paint, like like food is paint. Um, and then finally, we see Emmanuel is literally on her hands and knees when the lights start to flicker. And she screams, Tito, I've killed him. Tito, he's fried. I've killed him. And she falls to the ground. And things really start to go devolve from here. Oh, and the yeah. music drops out, but luckily Cyborg has a boombox and they're playing music and everyone cheers. And we see Ivana pulls Selva into the hallway again and sort of try to like seduce her once again. And Emmanuel's mm-hmm. pounding on the door of the electrical closet and screaming, begging Tito open the door, which he cannot do because you have locked it. You locked it. And uh, Ivana sort of leads Selva to her dorm room and they walk past Ava, who's naked in the shower, scrubbing off Lou's blood from when Lou stabbed her or cut herself earlier and she says the blood I'm cleaning off the blood and we see this moment where Ivana drags Selva into this room and you're not sure like she's trying to seduce her but you don't they're both so fucked up like you don't know exactly like if Selva's on board and Ivana like pulls off her shirt and they get on the bed and they're sort of starting to hook up and then David barges in and grabs Selva again and Selva locks herself in another room, and David's sobbing. And it's like his refusal by all these women is like he's having a breakdown. Like the idea that yeah. any of these women wouldn't fuck him, he is losing his mind. Losing his mind, yeah. And we see Daddy walk by and says, let the girls be. And he, Daddy finds Riley, who's sobbing. And he, there's a sweet moment with them where like Daddy like takes Riley and says, it's okay, we're home. And Riley's like, like you know, they're sort of like rocking and both shirtless. And David arrives at the door, and both Daddy and Riley go say, "Get out of here!" <laughs> Allison, David staggers into the restroom and sees Taylor about to fuck his sister Gazelle. All right, and David grabs Taylor and pulls him away. And Gazelle, again, super fucked up, runs down the hallway, and we follow her running. And we also, as she passes, she sees Emmanuel screaming and freaking out saying, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And we see Gazelle run onto the dance floor with Taylor right behind her. And this is like the most intense and horrible part of this. And Mm -hmm. I also think it's so well done. Like there's something about like, well, I'll just describe it. And I feel like it's just like, this is a very hard moment in any movie, but I feel like it is earned. And I think you could have this kind of moment in this, but basically, like the entire uh, frame is inverted, and everything is red. So it looks like people are dancing okay. on the ceiling, like they're writhing around, demonic right. on the ceiling. And Taylor runs over to her and says, "Excel, don't you know? Don't tell mom and dad. Don't tell mom and dad." And he tells her, "I love you. I love you." And he says, "We'll go to New York. I'll make you happy." And it's sort of like what I took from that is like you, this is a complete projection. Like, it's like you have violated this, like, the most intimate relationship you could have with somebody because you've decided that you you love her. Like, you're trying to explain, mm-hmm. like, how could you do something like that? And meanwhile, she's just crying and sobbing. 
and we hear her kick him away. And from here on out, it's just bodies. So it's just like writhing bodies. The, there's a couple who's just fucking, or the other dancers are just fucking on the dance floor. Um, and everyone is just like either screaming or fucking or dancing or both and then crawling around through sort of the midst of bodies. And yeah. we see Gazelle start to have a seizure, I presume from the drugs or just a stylistic choice. And her eyes roll back. And she starts, white foam starts coming out of her mouth. And Taylor grabs her and says, no, you're my world. You're my world. And she falls unconscious. But fortunately, she sort of like perks up and she's awake. And he says, you're everything to me. And we look up and we see somebody and I'm like, who the fuck is that? It is Psyche. I'm, oh, good. A new character? I know, it's, a, it's literally, it's Psyche. I don't know why I thought this thought this character was so forgettable. I'm like, who is well, this? Oh, right. We've seen like, her a million times. With this many people. Exactly. Some people are just going to look like strangers every time to matter I literally what. was like, who is this white woman? I was like, I thought I knew all the white women. It's just because she changed her shirt. I was like, this is too many. Mm-hmm. I, you know... Um, this is why everyone needs to have a very, I literally need to have characters like look like a guess who, like I need like big glasses, orange hair, big shirt. Like I just need a hat. (laughs) And we see David crawling around amidst all the bodies. He's begging, please, please, presumably please somebody fuck me. And we hear as people are, uh, dancing, we hear like bones popping. This is where we hear the fluid hit the ground. We don't even see what it is. And somebody grabs David. We hear a voice yell, do it, do it, do it. And one of the dancers picks him up and slams David's head against the floor. Allison, at this point in the film, we've only got about 12 minutes left. Who will survive? Who will survive? This feels like one of those ones where it's like either like everyone dies or almost everyone survives. Mm, And which one do you think it is? I think it's going to be that, like, every, maybe there's one death. I mean, getting your head slammed into the ground feels pretty fatal. Um, who's that? David? I'm not going to guess people's names. What are you talking about? Like, what? Well, so Omar was thrown outside, and, and David's head was slammed on the ground. Okay. And Tito is locked inside the closet, but we inside. have not seen him physically with our eyes in a while. I'm going to guess that he actually did escape that room and that everybody's hallucinating that he's still in it. Okay, great. And and he survives. Okay, great. Yeah, there's simply too many other people. I think you, you're right. I cannot go through who is alive no. and dead at the end of this thing. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Allison, text on the screen that reads, life is a collective impossibility. Allison, we see the door open and it's morning. And 
we see the light from the door fall on David's, I believe, dead face. It could, he could just be unconscious okay. as well. Yeah, but okay. Um, and we see at the door what appears to be, I, I would say, Mounties. Sure. Really, I mean, like, but they're like cops who um, ha- also have a police dog with them, which makes me think like somebody must have called somebody. Because otherwise, um, like, how else would they have? Like, it's the next day. It wasn't like this is something that, like, how would they have even known to come? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, okay, there's a song that plays. And I thought the song that was starting, I thought, was Hotel California. Which oh would gosh, have been. Imagine. But also, I guess it's Angie by the Rolling Stones. But mm-hmm. it's just like the instrumental. Yeah. And I, I just looked this up. And apparently, uh, Gaspar Noe, they asked him sort of about the songs, and they're talking about Angie. They said, we tried several songs, including Hotel California. Oh, my God. So that clearly was in line with what they were going for. I think Hotel California would have been funnier, but I understand maybe you didn't want to have something that quite as silly. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, I, as soon as I started, I'm like, that's a very funny uh, song to end on. And the thing is, Allison, we are now surveying the scene. There are bodies all over the floor. And again, a, I love that you don't know right away. You're 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 staring at these bodies to see if there's any mm-hmm. movement whatsoever. The only person still dancing, my least favorite, the dud herself, Psyche. We mm-hmm. see Dom sobbing in a chair alive. And sort of we're watching, like, are they starting to move? We see Jennifer is putting water on her singed scalps, crying. Jesus. Unfortunately, Allison, we see Tito lying inside the closet. And the electrical cabinet is open. Oh. And we don't definitively know, but it seems pretty clear that he did touch and he did die. Yeah. And outside the door, Emmanuel has killed herself, has slit her wrists. And the police go and... Because that one, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll look and she'll move a little bit or like Tito will. But they they, they no. literally make a point. The police come and check her and they, they say she's dead. To be like, she's yeah. dead. They're dead. Um, and we're still, now we, we're still inverted and we're traveling um, upside down through the snow-filled world to the outside. Mm-hmm. And we see, as in the beginning, we see Lou staggering, still alive though, in the snow, screaming. And on the screen, upside down, we see death is an extraordinary experience. And Allison, we see a man's body in the snow. And unfortunately, it is Omar. And he is completely frozen and covered. Mm. We see Ava. She was washing the blood off in the shower. She's still there. We see Daddy and Riley asleep in bed. And I'm not sure whether we think that they hooked up, but maybe. Sure. Tyler, Taylor wakes up next to Gazelle. Fucking yikes. But then he tells her, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And she says, well, what do you mean? And he says, don't tell Dad. And she doesn't reply. Ooh. Okay. Ivana wakes up. The, Ivana and Selva are sleeping naked with each other. And we see Psyche, again, the last woman standing, go back to her dorm and start to pack her little bag. And we see her take out a, a dropper and put LSD in her eyes. The person who must have drugged the, uh, drugged the punch. And I wrote in my yeah. notes, I knew I hated that bitch. And we fade <laughs> to the white of the snow, Allison. Wow. The climax. So what are some fatal mistakes, you think, uh, may have been made in the movie Climax? Fatal mistakes. Drugging the punch of the party goes without saying. 
Um, putting Tito in the electrical closet as the That's, safe space. I mean, that was, the, I mean, uh, just put him That's, in his room. At least there's no electrical right. cabinet any, in there. Any other room would have been fine. Yeah. Um, and like beyond that, it's like, I don't know. Everybody's like at a part. Like, yeah, there were people kind of like fucking with each other and being dickheads, but like. Yeah. Also like, don't like throw someone out in the snow, even if you think that they may have drugged you. Yes. That's not nice. Yeah. And after that, like, it's sort of like, it is all of their collapsing, like, humanity. Like, everyone, the yeah. idea that this became this collective, guess where Noe was talking about, like, I, in one of these interviews was like, I don't want there to be a moral, like, oh, you know, a, a mother died or whatever. It's like, I want this right. to be a group of people made a huge collective mistake. And there's something about like, that that— only one person made the exactly. mistake. Yeah, I guess it's like, I, I guess we're to think they shouldn't have spiraled out of control. Everyone should just go to their roofs to lay down. But, but obviously— like, no one's yeah. going to do that. No. I don't—why did she do it? Just chaos? Listen, Berlin, things are, like, really crazy there. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And there's, like, where it's, like, oh, the art scene, everyone's doing, putting acid in their eyes. Like, maybe it's, like, oh, I wanted them to wake up. You know, but we don't get any of her sure. rationalization. We don't really get a motive from her. It's just, like. Yeah. And I want to say this actress was good, even though I, eat from Jump, could not fucking stand this character. But, I mean, obviously, that was. Yeah. The intention. Thea and Carla shot. Successful actor. Exactly. She was great. Couldn't stand her. I'm not fake. You're boring. It's like, uh-oh. Oh. When someone said that, you better just check the punch. Stay away from them. Check the fucking punch. Um, and then finally, where would you put Climax on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I think that this is a five. Mm-hmm. For that, like, kind of like that dread, that kind of like, I know we're running up to something. What is it? Um, and also the fear of, like, a child locked in a room in danger is very scary. Um, kicking a pregnant woman in the stomach is yeah. scary. Like, there are, there are like, scary elements, but it feels more like an interesting, artistic, though, like, dreadful vibe. I would say this is a five, and um, Enrique Iglesias humping the stage for 45 seconds at his concert is an eight. Okay. Yeah, that's I, I that's I you? think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um what where would you um place this? That's a great question. Uh cuz I really liked it but it wasn't um scary. Super scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'll give it a 5 as well. Yeah. I really right. liked it. And where it. would you put Enrique? Um oh, um an 11. A Yeah, huge... actually I want to go above the scale. Yeah. That he's an 11. Um, super, super spooky. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, again, that really, that really stuck with me, you know? Yeah. Well, it will for a while. And, um, now that you've watched it and we've talked about it, I'm sure you'll get served some of it on your computer and your phone when you are I next. I can't wait. On the internet. Listen, art, it, art is supposed to, what I believe, art, art is, it must evoke something in us. And seeing and him. That. Do what he did. he did evoked within me a despair and terror that I really I'm I'm frankly it makes me feel alive and I'm glad to have seen it. Yes, um, we share it now. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for joining us for another wild party um, for December being party month. Um, well, um, we really appreciate it. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. 
And until then, please. Please. Keep it spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media for show updates. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Sieglin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Awa Okolati. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix.